I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here as usual with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. And we have our sponsor from Montecito Bank and Trust with us, Vicki. Isn't that great? Uh, yes, Patty. It's always great to hear from the bank. And today we have with us Sean Dyer, as you said, our senior fraud specialist from Montecito Bank and Trust. She's going to give us some important information today that I didn't know. So I'm about to learn something today myself. Welcome, Sean. Thank you so much for being on the show today. What have you got for us? Well, hi to Patty and Vicki. Thank you again for having us on the show. Today, I just have a couple things to go over. And one, as Vicki said, I was not aware of this either, but our fraud manager learned of this. And so I'm passing it on. Many of us receive emails. We sign up for stores and businesses and whatever and get on their email list. And after a while, you may decide, I have had enough and I want to unsubscribe to that email chain or that store or whatever. And usually you'll scroll to the bottom of the email and there will be a link or a a tab that says unsubscribe, but it requires you to click on it. So apparently, just like the emails themselves that we all know, don't ever click on a link, don't click on attachments. The unsubscribe can also be malicious if that actual email is not coming from the actual store or merchant, whatever the case may be. So when we get these, your best bet is to go out to their website on your own, not link to any emails you may have received. And then usually under policies or terms and conditions is where you would typically find unsubscribe to emails or cancel or or whatever. But just like all the other type of email scams, don't click on links. Don't click even on the unsubscribe. And I'm guilty of it. I've done it. I think all of us have because we get so tired of getting emails from companies that we have absolutely no intention of doing business with, even though maybe we did business with them one time 20 years ago, I'm exaggerating, but we're still getting their ads. And I had no idea that this was similar or could be similar to some of the scams that we know about where if you click on that link to do anything, you could be opening yourself up to malware or who knows what else. So that is really important information for all of us to have. And thank you for letting us know. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to know what a legitimate email is from one that's not legitimate. So just as a safety caution, don't click on that link. Yes. Perhaps there's a way to send it to your spam or junk folder so it doesn't bother you all the time because it could take a lot of time to go to each of those emails. I mean, I'm not kidding. I probably get 30 regular emails from junk mail that I don't want to read anymore. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say that unless you have already been in contact with the sender regarding canceling and they said, we'll send you an email and then unsubscribe, then that would be legitimate. But there are some bad players out there, as we know. So better than safe than sorry and just go to their actual website and find a way to unsubscribe there. Sounds like the safest way. The other hot topic right now, it's been out for a while and it's just recirculating. 
most often we call it business email compromise because it tends to target businesses more than just a consumer. So it is email compromise, but these are more specific to businesses. And the typical scenario is where you have a business and they have their vendors and they send emails back and forth. They've been doing it for years. The vendor may get their email hacked and then a fraudster will create a new email that is so very close to the actual email of the vendor and send it to our customer and they will state, uh, we've had something happen in our finance department or our accounting department and we're changing our banking information. Here is where we want you to send the money now. Instead of where you used to send it every month to pay your invoice, you're going to send it to ABC Bank and account 1234. And because you've been doing business and they sign it or have a stamp from the same person that you're usually dealing with, you don't think anything of it and you go in and make the changes. So when business email compromise happens, the way that the money leaves the bank, leaves our customer and goes to the fraudster is typically by wire or by ACH, which is the automated clearinghouse. So that is similar to wires where you send the money and it's gone pretty quickly. Wire, it goes the same day and it's nearly impossible to get back. ACH, we may have opportunity, but not likely. And in these cases, again, it is our customer who is either initiating the wire where they've walked into the branch. I'm sending money. This is where I want it to go. Or they have a product that banks offer. They may be able to send wires from their office themselves. They may have one of our agreements where they're set up to send the wire themselves or send an ACH file that includes Mm. the funds. Either way, the money goes. And because our customer has initiated it, they transacted that. You know, they perform the transaction. It's not unauthorized because they did it. They simply were scammed in business email compromise. So we had a wire last month. We currently have one that's for ACH and it's like $35,000. And it started back in September and we keep going back and forth with the bank it was sent to, hoping that they were aware that the account the money was going into may have been suspicious, but chances are slim to none that that money will be recuperated. We, We just don't think we're getting it back. Sean, how in the world do you protect against that kind of thing? There are some easy steps. And actually, we have it out on Montecito.bank on our website under you can go under security or commercial accounts, and it'll talk about business email compromise. If you have a regular vendor, and anytime they do any sort of change, pick up the phone and call them. Speak to the person you normally do business with. That is number one, and that's what customers just fail to do because they're not paying attention to the email address. They're paying attention to what they're asking for and who sent it because that information is the same. Also, we say check the email addresses. Make sure because it's usually literally flipping a letter or adding a letter. I mean, unless you're used to looking at those things, it's really easy to make something up that's so close. And then the other thing is maybe having a second set of eyes. You get the request, you think it's okay, have a second person validate that before you make the change. And those should just be like standard procedures for Mm -hmm. the accounting department of a business to be doing. Yeah. 
Well, thank you for giving that example, because you just gave a very clear description of what we mean by email compromise. And it's always been a little bit unclear to me. I've had the gist of what goes on, but I wasn't completely understanding the entire process. And now I do. I feel a whole lot better. Calling the person, I would think, would be absolutely key. If you have any questions. And so simple. Yeah, pick up the phone. Although sometimes you can't get through and it's frustrating. And if it's a big company, you have to have somebody that you're going to call and that they're going to answer. So I can see how that would be frustrating also, but ever so important. Yeah. And again, usually you're dealing with the same clerk in the vendor's accounting department. Like you you usually have your contact person and their number because at some point in time, you've had a conversation before you started doing this transfer of funds to pay invoices and such. What a thought. Back to doing business voice to voice. (laughs) (laughs) We're back at the beginning again, aren't we? (laughs) Everything old is new again. (laughs) Actual phone calls. But I mean, this can be very serious. And I know that it accounts for so much fraud that occurs out there. And it can be huge losses. I mean, real estate transactions where there's been email compromise, it can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the poor buyer who gets instructions from the escrow company about where to deposit money is all of a sudden out their down payment. And there's nothing you can do. Yeah. We had a customer send a wire last week that was going to a title company for escrow. And the branch manager just thought, you know, I'm picking up the phone because I just want to make sure for my customer, they feel like it's okay. But like you say, there's been so many of the frauds that are around real estate transactions. So he called, he spoke to the escrow officer, he verified all the information, and then he felt fine submitting the wire. Yeah, you just need to stop, think about it, and maybe take an extra step because that money is gone. And it's a lot of money. Usually when they're wiring or sending ACH files, they're big. Well, that's great that the person in charge of that at your bank took that extra moment to do that. Because like you say, if they hadn't, then there's no recourse. It can really be magic. Well, really good information, Sean. It just astounds me how many different ways these crooks try and get our money and the hits just keep on coming. I wanted to call attention to uh, something that's happening out at UCSB that is very alarming. Fraudsters are targeting Asian exchange students. They're contacting them and telling them that there is either something wrong with their paperwork or that they're being investigated for a possible crime and they're going to get arrested and on and on. And of course, these poor exchange students are terrified because they're already in the country because of paperwork that they filled out and hoops that they've had to jump through and they're enrolled in the university. They're not U.S. citizens, and so they're frightened that they don't have protections like U.S. citizens do, and it just terrifies them. And the the MO seems to be the same. There's a problem with your paperwork. This is the U.S. government calling. We're going to arrest you. You need to post bail. First, it's $3,500, which these poor students, I mean, can you imagine? They're students. Yeah, they're kids. They're They're, kids. They're kids, and they always have to use their parents' credit cards or their parents' money, and who knows, their parents are probably already struggling to get them here and pay the out-of-state tuition. And then they pay the initial $3,500 thinking that's going to take care of it, and then the crook comes back and asks for another $2,000. So thankfully, in one case, 
after the second demand was made, someone told her to call me and she did. And I was able to say, no, 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 do not pay that money. In the second case, a young student out of UCSB, he happened to be renting a room from somebody who worked for the sheriff's department. And so he went to them after the second demand, was so frightened, and then was told, you know, it's a scam. I just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention in case you know of any of these young people that might be going to school out there. And it's just something that we need to be aware of. Yeah, that's great information, Vicki. I think that should be a national press release because it's probably happening across the country. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I suspect it is. Yeah. And it's interesting they're targeting foreign students, our most vulnerable. So but it I makes do, sense. It does make sense. Yeah, they're the most vulnerable, the most likely to be frightened, the most likely to be afraid of government authority stepping in. Mm-hmm. And they don't think to question. And they always use the same name of a sheriff's deputy. And he happens to be a guy that actually works for the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. So that gives some legitimacy to the message. And then, of course, the scammers can spoof the phone number of the sheriff's department. So if they have the wherewithal to be able to look up the phone number, well, it'll be the same number that's coming up on their caller ID. Scammers are very clever with the way they approach us. But I do have a little bit of good news that I'd like to share. That makes us so happy. (laughs) We have talked for so long about the unemployment benefits scam and how many millions, if not billions of dollars, have been paid out in unemployment insurance benefits to these scammers who file these false claims. Well, here's the good news. California has sent out notices to 900 claimants, 900 people who got unemployment insurance benefits, asking them to provide paperwork on their work history to prove that they were eligible for the payments that they got. And if they are unable to provide the required paperwork to prove their eligibility, they are going to have to pay that money back. And if it's found that they claimed unemployment insurance benefits, not just by accident or mishap, but fraudulently, in other words, they faked an employer, then they're going to have to pay a 30% penalty. So let's hope that this results in money coming back into (laughs) our coffers, because since the program began, state officials discovered that the EDD, Unemployment Insurance Department, paid out an estimated $20 billion, $20 billion in fraudulent unemployment benefits to criminals, which accounts for about 11% of all benefits paid. So let's hope we get some of that money back. That would be great. Thank you, Vicki. Yes, thank you, Sean. Great show, great information. I hope everybody tunes in next week. And would you share with our listeners your fraud hotline number? Of course, area code 805-568-2442. And I'll repeat that. 805-568-2442. Thank you so much. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. We hope you'll be back. We know it's holiday time, but the scammers do not take a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye now. Thanks, Patty.